0: Is on every window pane. A fire's a glow as the night fades. Children laughing all down the lane. A man of snow has just been made. Ring, ring all the bells. Christmas is here. The spirit it calls you. Sing, sing from your heart. The Savior is born. The stories are. All Tinsel hung on the evergreen, grateful heart singing softly, gifts as far as the eye can see, snow outside gently falling. Ring, ring all the bells, Christmas is here. Christmas is here. Choice is with heaven. A light has come to heal all creation. A light has come to bring us salvation. God. Good
1: morning, church. Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song.
2: You may be seated, and welcome to each and every one of you as we gather together today for worship. Whether you're in the house or online, we are so glad that you are with us and uh, worshiping this gift that has come into the world for you and me. Um, and I, I don't know if you noticed or look at these things, but you know we have what's called an advent wreath up here. Every single week, we light another candle. Every single week, the light gets brighter. Because of the collective candles and then we get to Christmas Eve Christmas Day and all the candles are lit and we celebrate the greatest gift that ever has been given the gift of the Christ child and that gift is what gives us joy and peace and hope and everything that we need to live on this earth and also for the glories of heaven but this week historically. If you notice, we have one color, well, there's three different colors. There's the white one for Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. But there are the purple, and then there's a pink one. On the third week in Advent, that candle is lit, and it's known as the Hope Candle. It's this time where we're kind of getting closer and closer, and this hope in which has been given to us because of Jesus becomes more real for us today than it was last week. So I I hope you had that hope. I hope you hold on to that hope. Because it is what makes a difference. Uh, What else? Um, Let's see. Let me just go through some of these quickly. Voters meeting today following the service. So right around 12.15, we will meet. We have one agenda item, which is, it says budget. It's much more than that. It's what are the mission and ministry plans for 2023? And so we would love for you to be a part of that as we discuss, talk, pray, and then vote on that, so if you are able to uh, stay afterward, we'd love for you to be a part of that. Uh, Next thing is the, the video regarding the Haiti Project. Hey, 1C Family, TJ here from
1: Mission Hope, Man, I cannot wait to be back in Columbus, Nebraska January 13th, 14th, and 15th as we begin to prepare. For your meal pack that's being hosted on March the 4th. Listen, you guys are packing 80,000 meals. That's amazing. So many more than you did last year. And we believe that God is going to use those meals to take kids from hunger to hope. And you are going to be doing that. So thankful for you and Pastor Thielen giving me the privilege, the opportunity to sit down for a Q&A on Sunday mornings to talk about all things Mission Hope and how you guys are helping us make an impact. Can't wait to see you that weekend.
2: This community endeavor called the Haiti Project really needs you to be a part of it. And I want to say this, if you could at least pray about this event, that would be a blessing. Pray that it would be, uh, all the parts to it would come together and that we could uh, pack some rice and send it to kids that are in a different part of this, this world. But if you can be a part of it in other ways, we'd love to have you do that. Number one, we have this we call it a fellowship feast. It's actually a fundraiser where uh, we're, we're going to have prime rib. But everything in the meal has been donated. So when you spend that money, every penny is going to go for rice packing. So you get to come and enjoy the time together. And we've added something this year we didn't do last year. is We're going to be in this room and we're going to have music. So we're going to be able to eat and fellowship and have some good music. And I would love for you to be a part of that. So please, if you would, be thinking about that as well. Um, Let me just uh, point to the giving garland, just so you know. I think all the tags are gone. I I walked up and down. So you can come after the service and double check to see. Uh, But if you did get a tag, please bring them back next, uh, the gifts back next week, unwrapped with the tag, and we'll make sure that those kids will get them. Thank you for all of you that have stepped up for that as well. All right, um, Christmas Eve, Christmas Eve, 11 o'clock, 3 o'clock, and 5 o'clock right here, and then 7 o'clock, some of us make our way over to Trinity Schuyler. So we'd love for you to come and maybe start thinking, who could you invite and bring with you so that they can hear the greatest story ever told? Just be thinking about that. Who in your circle of influence—family, friends, neighbors, coworkers, classmates—who could you say, "Hey, you know what? We've got—we've got a Christmas Eve service. We'd love for you to come with us, and uh, bring them with you." Uh, Christmas Day, we're going to have services too, nine o'clock and eleven o'clock, like we normally do, and we're going to sing a bunch of Christmas carols, hear the story again, and just be blessed by the, th- the event that took place that changed the world. Uh, last thing is joy baskets, those will be passed in just a little bit, but this is what we say, this is the truth. God has blessed all of us. He's blessed us all. Differently, but he's blessed us. And what he likes is when people like you and me say thank you in return for those blessings. And we do that with our singing, with our prayers, as we serve, also as we give up our tithes and offerings. So we take time in worship to pray. That our worship today and in our life would be something that would be showing our thanksgiving to all that God has done for us. Let's pray. Again, Lord Jesus, you you are that Christ child that came to bring life for all of us. And that is the greatest gift that has ever been given. But we also thank you for all the other gifts that we just received because you are so good. And we pray now that your spirit would stir within us uh, a greater awareness of how we could say thank you in return. And Lord, we know that you will prompt us, you will lead us, and may we be faithful in following. Thanks, Lord, and we pray this in your name.
1: Peace on earth, goodwill to me. Fear about my head. There is no peace on earth. I said. Pray it strong it marks the song. A peace on earth, goodwill to men. Cut the bells are ringing.
3: Peace like a quiet
4: Boys and girls, it is time for the kids' message, so come on up front. Come on up here. Find a seat on the floor. Plenty of room. Come on up. (laughs) All right. We know what? I brought a garbage can with me today. Wait a minute. Uh, Somebody threw something in my garbage can. Got some weight to it. I think there's something in here. <laughs> there's some food in here. Do you want to eat some? No. no? Do you want to eat some? No. You don't eat it? A lot of people shaking your head. Anybody wanna? Do you want to eat some? No. Do you want to eat? You want to try some? Anybody? You want to try some? No. Can I get someone, someone to try? You want to try? No. How about you? You're coming up. You must want to try some. No. Man. Pastor, you want to try some? Okay. Great. Here you go. Here you go. Do you like Tootsie Rolls? All right. Does anybody else want to try the food that's in my bag? Oh, sure. Now we got a lot of people volunteering. Uh-huh. I don't think I have that much. Why were you scared to try the food I had in my bag? You didn't know what was in here? You thought it might be rotten chicken nuggets? Yeah? You thought it was garbage? <laughs> you thought it was garbage and it might smell yeah it might be gross you know what? it is kind of scary isn't it and i don't recommend grabbing a bag out of the garbage and eating something out of it but just so you know i put the bag in here and i put the candy in so it's safe so pastor's gonna be fine all right but you know what what if so you wouldn't do anything scary if i asked you to do it but what if god asked you to do something scary would do you think you would do it yeah maybe Well, today in the Christmas story, we get to Mary. And you know what? God asked her to do something, and it was scary. So let's see what happens in the story of Mary in Luke chapter 1. So let's see what happened. Uh, First, we see that God sent the angel Gabriel. So God sent an angel to her, and she was scared because this wasn't like an angel like you see in the cartoons that that look like a baby with wings. This was the angel Gabriel, a mighty warrior angel. And And he was shining this bright light, almost like you were looking at lightning. And he appeared out of nowhere. So Mary was scared, like, what does this angel want from me? And and Angel Gabriel said, do not be afraid. So he said, don't be afraid. It's okay. It's all going to be all right. And then he went on to tell her that even though she was young and she wasn't married yet, she was going to have a baby, and this baby was going to be the savior of the world. Whoa, that sounds kind of scary, huh? but you know what she said she said I am the Lord's servant may your word to me be fulfilled isn't that amazing even though she was scared she wasn't sure what was going to happen she said I'm your servant she was willing to say whatever you want to do God I'm here I'm here to serve you that's pretty amazing isn't it and she didn't say well tell me how this is all going to work out first kind of like you guys wanted to see what was in the bag before you were willing to eat right? (laughs) <laughs> Mary didn't say that. She's like, I'm your servant. I'll do whatever you ask, God. So she was willing to, to just trust God, even when it was scary, to do what he wanted to do with her life. He gave, she gave his, her plans into his hands to do what he would have to do with, his, with her life. Pretty amazing, isn't it? And you know what? We know that we can trust God with our lives, and we can do his will even when it's scary because he is good, and he works for our good. All right. Will you pray with me? You can fold your hands and repeat after me. Father God, we trust you even when it's scary because you are good. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up.
3: sons and daughters did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new this child that you deliver will soon
2: that song, and there's one line in, in particular that always strikes me. This child that you'll deliver will soon deliver you. That's the message. He wants to be with us and deliver us and give us all the things that only he can give us, that forgiveness of sins and life with him. And that's why it's a joy to come together in worship and a joy to celebrate communion with you. Now, in preparation for that, if you would, Let's profess what we believe about our sinfulness, our need for a savior, what's in this meal, and then our desires to live in a God-pleasing way. So let's have that profession up there, and let's say this out loud together. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin satan and death i believe that the risen christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine i receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life i resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my lord in and through his body the church by regular group worship study of God's Word, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he would given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue with this meal, I, I use this word and I use it intentionally. This is a sacred moment. Sacred means holy the God of the universe, powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth, yet personal enough to come down and to give us this gift so we can have forgiveness and life with him. May we be blessed at this time and during this celebration. Amen. Jesus Christ, strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen.
5: Jesus, we worship you. We will praise your name forever. We are thankful for the mercy that you extend to us each and every day. We know you're the only one who can reach the deepest places of our souls and bring peace that passes all understanding. Thank you that we can bring anything and everything to the foot of the cross and make all of our requests known to you. We offer up these prayers. We pray for the hurting people who need forgiveness and to forgive. For our troops who are deployed and in the States. For our homeless and hopes they find shelter in this cold. Prayers for Cole as he diligently studies medicine to become a doctor. Help him with his studies and bless him so he can be a blessing to others. Prayers for the loved ones of Casey. They are hurting and missing her because she passed away recently. Prayers of healing for Rose after a recent fall. Prayers for my son to get the new job that he's interviewed for. For my granddaughter that's going through depression with suicidal thoughts, be with her, Lord. Prayers of praise as we celebrate Ivy's fourth birthday. What a gift she is. And i thank you for the gift of loving her and watching her grow since i was told i would not survive cancer and be here for her birth lord advent is a season of preparing our hearts and minds for celebrating jesus's birth and the hope that brings god we thank you for the hope you give us we have hope because we have a savior A Savior for our every hurt, our every flaw, our every need. Between where we are and where we hope to be, our Savior steps in and declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. May this be illuminated to all of us during this Advent season. And then let your light shine through us so that others can have hope too. Please join me in the Lord's prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us for our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
2: Christmas, in many ways, is magical, right? And I think part of it is the decorations, right? Things start evolving. You know, we have poinsettias, a giving garland. We have the trees. You know, we just have a lot of things. And, and I love the fun that they have, well, like on the environmental wall. We have trees over there. Uh, But then we have, and this, this was put up last week after the service, the nativity scene. I remember growing up and that very magical time when the box would come out with the nativity scene and we would set it up and what we would do is we knew the story so we wouldn't put all the characters out right away. We'd wait as the story got closer. But I remember sitting there when I was a little kid Playing with the figurines, having them kind of do different things, like climb on top of the donkey or all sorts of. I didn't realize then what I realize now. There are characters, and there is character in the story of the nativity. That's why the the play on words, where you see the word characters with parentheses around the s. Yes, there are individual characters. Last week, we uh, remember, we spent a little time. We looked at Zach and Elizabeth or Zachariah, if you want to have his official name. And we looked at the fact that you know, the character they displayed was this idea of patience and trust. I mean, remember, they were up in age and they didn't have any kids. Uh, they were up in age, and they have been waiting and waiting and waiting for the Messiah. Actually, they've been waiting for God to speak. Remember, for about 400 years, from Malachi, that prophet, to Zechariah, God was silent. And so they waited, and they trusted, and they patiently, patiently then heard from God. Well, today we turn our attention to the character and the characters of somebody named Mary. And I don't know about you, um, what do you know about Mary? Mary. There's not a lot. You could look into the Gospels. There's not a lot of detail about her. We know a couple things. Angel Gabriel talked to her, told her what's going to take place. We know that she gave birth to Jesus in a manger. When Jesus was 12 years old, we had this moment where Joseph and Mary went and found Jesus at the temple. We know that uh, Mary was at the first miracle that Jesus performed, the wedding at Cana. We also know that she was there at the crucifixion, watching her son die a horrible death. That's all we really know about Mary. And as we unpack the story of Mary, maybe the question, maybe it occurs to you, it occurs to me. Why did God choose Mary? It must be because she was well-educated. At that time, nope. It's because she was wealthy. I think as we look at it, she didn't have wealth to her name. Oh, she must be mature and ready and able to take on this big task of being pregnant and giving birth to the Son of God. No, she was, who knows, about maybe 14 years old. She was very young. There's something going on here. Why did God choose Mary? It wasn't any of the things that people of this world would say would qualify her. Rather, it was the faith that God gave her That's what qualifies her, to be the mother of the Lord. And if we look at the story of Mary, in in many ways it could be our story. Mary did have fears. It was, um, I've seen some videos, maybe you've seen it. When you have the angel Gabriel coming in all its glory, I think you kind of do a little bit of shaking, you don't see that every day, so she probably had some kind of fears, But the thing about Mary is at least what's recorded in Scripture, it didn't seem, her fear, to control her life. She remained steadfast. And as we read the story in Luke chapter 1, instead of letting fear dictate and drive her down into despair, rather, God gave her a beautiful gift That enabled her to do three very important things in order to be used by God in a very powerful way. And God had given her the gift of faith. So let's walk through this a little bit, and we're going to see from Luke chapter 1. Here we have the story that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary confused and disturbed mary tried to think what the angel could mean don't be frightened mary the angel told her for god has decided to wonderfully bless you now i i I chose this translation where it says confused and disturbed uh you can find some other ones out there and they're all kind of interesting but let me give you a little bit of history sometimes i like to get like one greek word into a sermon Because I just think the original language gives us a picture better than sometimes our individual translations. So here's what I found. The Greek word used for confused and disturbed is the Greek word diataraso, And it's really an intensified verb. It's just not like she was afraid, or kind of confused, or kind of disturbed you have to put maybe 20 exclamation marks after it. This was life-altering, life-changing. It was perplexing. It was soul-stirring. In fact, there's some other words that kind of creep into the original language to help us understand. She was stirred. She was mixed. And she was jumbled up. And then from that root word, we can also come up with the words trouble or agitated. But the closest, probably, root meaning for this word is the idea of being confused. What is so confusing about what's taking place? Think about it. In fact, I, I have this little list I'll just put up there Confused. What will everyone think? I'm 14. This is not the way it's supposed to work. Confused. What will happen to me? I've seen people be pregnant and have children, but I, uh, I don't know what that's like. Confused. How can I handle this? This seems to be more than a 14-year-old person's job. And then confused. How will this change my life? And I think this idea of being confused and disturbed has a lot to do with the distance between the finite and the infinite. Or as you've heard me say before, there's, there's always a distance between the known and the unknown. And so when, when I say that we're finite, that means people like Mary, people like you, people like me, we have limits to what we know, to what we understand, and what we can do. And then on the other side, you have the infinite, which is no beginning, no end. It is really big, this idea of God coming to this earth how can that be? Well, God knows how to do it. Even if we can't put it into words, and even if we can't explain it, it still is, and that's in the infinite realm. So this distance between the finite and the infinite will often cause confusion and a disturbed feeling. Do you sit here today? Are you confused and disturbed about anything? How many of you within the last 30 days have been confused or disturbed by something that you've seen or experienced? Just raise your hand. Okay, a lot of you. And I would venture to believe all of us in our life have experienced confusion or being disturbed. And if you haven't, would you please write a book? Because if you figured out how to navigate this life and not be confused by some of the things we see, if you turned on the TV and you've seen what you've seen on TV, Sometimes it's very confusing. Sometimes it is very disturbing. So what's the answer? What was the answer for Mary? Is the same answer for people like you and me. When we're trying to book, yeah, when we're trying to connect the dots. I mean, I'll just tell you, there are times in my life that I am absolutely confused and disturbed by why this and not that. I've had two of my sons be in terrible rollover accidents that everybody that I know, like EMTs and everybody, would say they shouldn't have survived. Why did they survive and not some of your loved ones? Because I've met with some of you, and you're confused and disturbed. I don't have an answer. But the answer to those moments of being confused and being disturbed lies in God himself and what he did for Mary in that moment that was so confusing so disturbing is he gave her this precious gift of faith and that's the character that I think she really demonstrated when it didn't make sense when the dots don't connect faith comes in and says okay I'm going to trust in God even if I don't understand what's going on and when that starts happening in our life, when faith kind of is that, that rock, that, that the thing between the known and the unknown, the finite and the infinite, when faith is there, then I believe God can use us. When faith isn't there, I think it dramatically affects our behavior and our ability. Again, Mary was just, just a girl. There's nothing extra special about her other than God says, "I'm going to give you faith and I've got a calling for you. And she picked it up and she did it. So let me I'm going to share with you three different things, three different things that will happen. So example number one, God uses people who by faith, desire to do His will. What did Mary say? Then Mary responded, "My soul praises the Lord, my God, or my heart rejoices in God, my Savior. Because he has shown his concern for his humble servant girl. She desires. She desires this God. She desires his presence. She desires to rejoice. I mean, it is something that is happening in her life. And this idea of rejoicing um, is just, uh, for me, remarkable. But with faith, it can happen. Or secondly, how about this? God uses people who, by faith, are more than willing. It's not just about a desire, but it's this more than willing. Mary said, I am the Lord's servant, and I'm willing to do whatever he wants. May everything you said come true. This handmaiden of the Lord, this servant of the Lord says, okay, lead me, guide me, direct me. And honestly, if she didn't have the faith part of it, I'm thinking she would have run the other way. But because of faith, because of what God gave her, she stepped into it and says, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm willing, I'm ready, let's do this. I am your servant. In late Luke chapter 14, Jesus said this, no one can be my disciple who does not carry his own cross and follow me. But don't begin until you count the cost. Just a little advertisement of what's going to happen starting January 1st. We're going to start with the chosen season two. I just think it's, it's incredible. The gospels and how they, they tell the story of these, I don't know what you want to call them. Yes, disciples, but they're just in many ways misfits, right? God says, come and follow me. And I don't think they understood what the cost was. But let me tell you, as you watch the Chosen or you read the Gospels, they start figuring out that this is a pretty big endeavor. The cost to follow is significant. And the only way we can do it, the only way Mary could follow this calling was the faith that God gave her so she could be that handmaiden for her. So again, consider the cost. Now the third thing, God uses people who by faith Trust at all cost. Trust. Mary asked the angel, but how can I have a baby? I am a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you, and the power of God shall overshadow you. And then verse 37, for every promise from God shall surely come true. And She was holding on to the faithfulness of God. I don't know if you recall how I say this, but I, I use this phrase. What we believe about God will dramatically affect how we view life and how we live life. And I think Mary was contemplating these things. She has seen God always be faithful, always be loving, even if she couldn't understand it. She knew the character of God. So that's why she was ready. So what's your view of this God? Is he faithful? Is he loving? Is he Is he with you at all times and at all places? Is he seeing you through the confusing and disturbing times of life? Has he been there for you? Or not? Jesus said in Luke chapter 18, what is impossible with men is possible with God. And that's for all of us not just for Mary, not just for the disciples 2,000 years ago. It's for you and me as we navigate this thing called life. That can be very confusing and very disturbing. You know, God is always faithful. If you recall last week, we had this interaction between Mary and her cousin, Elizabeth. It says this, you believe that God would do what he said. That is why he has given you this wonderful blessing. You see, faith is like a receptor. A faith goes like this, saying, okay, God, because of who you are, and because of what you've given me, I will take on whatever you want to give me. And I'm ready to be used in the most ridiculous ways possible. I want to show you a clip, just so you get, the I think, the emotion of this. Um, it comes from the Chosen, and really they take liberty in how maybe it could have happened. But we have the story now where Mother Mary is older. She is sitting with, there with Mary Magdala, and she is now going to say, Would you take this and bring it to Luke so it can get, get written down? And it's called the Magnificat. It's found in Luke chapter 1. It is a beautiful song of Mary. And I want you to capture that moment of of Mother Mary now retelling what she said, and then I want to challenge you after that. So let's listen.
6: I told Luke about this, how she was overwhelmed for the both of us. And she called me the mother of her Lord. we were laughing and crying together and it was all too much and words of praise just burst out of me.
4: Please tell me I'm about to hear them.
6: You're going to write them down and deliver them to (sighs) Luke. The materials are here. I trust you to get them right. And to keep it safe. And to get it to look. I've... ...kept it all to myself. As you know, I like to treasure things in my heart. <laughs> I was... ...shy. And it felt personal... ...between God and me. But... I wish I would have shared it with Joseph. And people must know. These felt like God's words as much as my own. I can't explain it, but they did. And people must know. is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arms. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their throne and exalted those of humble estate. has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. It's like the song of Hannah, but even more beautiful.
2: My soul magnifies the Lord. Is that true for you? I know those are Mary's words. I know I just spoke those. But does your soul magnify the Lord? And as I look at you, I've seen it. I've seen your soul magnifying the Lord your God in in so many ways, in so many ways. But I'm gonna tell you this, I believe that God wants your soul to magnify the Lord more than ever before. I believe he's calling every single one of us to magnify him in our marriages, in our families, when we parent, in our workplaces, at our schools, in our community. I believe he is calling you and me to magnify him more than ever before because we live in a confusing and disturbed world who needs the hope of the world. And you don't have to do it by yourself. Like Mary, God gives us the faith so we can magnify him with our lips, like she did, like we just heard, but also with our lives. We could magnify him Make him really, you know what a magnifier does, right? It makes him real and really big in this world that is so confusing and so disturbed. So my prayer for you and me is that we would have a song that we would sing. And we would sing it and be ready to sing it all the time. Now one of the things we're going to do, it's, it's not the Magnificat, but it's the Apostles' Creed, In many ways, it can be a song, but it is a statement of what we believe, and we're going to magnify the Lord in what we believe about the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So let's stand, and let's share this out loud together. Together, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
1: this Christmas I'm gonna say a little prayer I'm gonna stop here for a moment before the moment disappears World's in a hurry this December City streets and shopping malls Love it all. Gonna make a wish this Christmas everybody go in peace